Hey, it's the Real Deal Podcast. I am Sean. It is the Real Deal Podcast, and I'm Jesse. And I'm pretty sure it's still the Real Deal Podcast. And I'm Joe. And today we are talking about Mortal Kombat, the 1995 edition. The original 95 martial arts cult classic may be best known for their platinum award-winning music more than the film itself. Based off the video game of the same name, Mortal Kombat was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson and started a cast of actors who never could break beyond the glass ceiling. Robin Show, who went on to be in Beverly Hills Ninja, and Bridget Wilson, who was also in Last Action Hero and Billy Madison. The biggest name out of this was the director of cinematography, who also went on to film The Conjuring, Scorpion King, Joe Dirt, and Annabelle. The film cost $18 million and made $120 million back. At the time, critics hated this movie, saying the plot was just terrible. However, over a reevaluation over the years, many of them have said this is maybe the greatest video game adaptation of all time. It actually was number one in the box office two weekends in a row, defeating films like Dangerous Minds, A Walk in the Clouds, Waterworld, Desperado, and Lord of Illusions. So, what do you guys remember about Mortal Kombat 95? They actually had a tournament. They did. Yeah, it was in the movie. Goro looked weird as a giant puppet. So when we uh, recorded the Mortal Kombat uh, trailer review not that long ago, I brought up the question, what did you guys think was better? And I even threw up on our Twitter as well, the real deal underscore 185 what the public thought it was a mixed reaction it was uh, i think a tie what people thought what looked better when i actually looked up the puppet it looked better than i remembered to be honest hmm yeah i don't really look back at it and go think too highly of it i thought like the puppets and like uh oh the labyrinth was done really well and uh star wars even I just did not like the Goro puppet, I guess. But uh, I remember the the music. The fight scenes were all over the top and sweet. Exactly what you wanted as a kid. I remember liking this movie as a kid. Now it's more of like fun to watch because it's really bad. Is it I, bad, though? I feel that it's hard. It's a hard decision because it's a product of its time. If they did it now, obviously it'd be CGI, and it was. However, I feel like the puppetry could have been better if they redid it, but it would have been so expensive. When you think about some puppets like uh, like uh, Hagrid in Harry Potter or like the Hippogriff, those are puppets. Oftentimes, and like I'm like, it could have looked so much better if they mixed the arts instead of just going one way because it kind of takes you out of it. Because creating an entire CG person usually is so hard that they often don't do anything, and if they do, you're like, that's not a real person. I will say, if I had to choose between the puppet Goro of the first movie or the CGI monsters and the sequel i would go with puppet goro over those for sure those looked terrible 
but yeah, I, I definitely would definitely 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 pick the puppet over the uh, CGI if that if those are my two options. But you have the maybe they just didn't have access to you know make anything decent looking for CGI back then. I will say, like you can see the the Goro puppet in this one, it moves around a lot clunkier than in the 2021 version of Mortal Kombat. And but they knew how to hide that as well. Because anytime he did make a strike, they made it look like it was just a big powerful strike, and he would never be affected by it, no matter what kind of punch or kick you did to him, unless you punched him the balls like Johnny Cage did. Which is a classic. Right. <laughs> I will say I do really like Johnny Cage in this movie. Yeah. It's like my favorite part of the film. He's actually in it too. The cast is He's actually in great in this. Scorpion Sub-Zero, they don't do anything. They don't say no. anything. They're just super uh, threatening. Iconic. Yeah. One of them says, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Get over and, here. Oh, and get over here, of course. And it was the first time you saw like the scorpion thing come out of his hand, too. It was cool. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it. that's not going to age well either. And I think that was some really bad. We'll see. I, I, I remember that, though. The raptors on the tattoos. I don't remember that. Or is that two? I think it was Even two. Even if it was two, I don't remember that. Raptors. They had like a tattoo in like. Or a statue in like a raptor. I don't know. I guess I'll have to Oh, you're talking it. about reptile. Yeah. I think that's the sequel. I think that is this one. Like it's after Liu Kang and Johnny Cage go to Underworld to fight Shang Tsung. And then Reptile comes to attack him. And it's just a really bad CGI monster fighting them. It looks really, really, really good. Uh, I thought it was when they went to Outworld to fight, uh, not Shang Tsung, but... Um... Damn, what's that guy's name? Shao the main Khan? antagonist, Shao Kahn, in the second one. A lot of shh sounds. I will say, like, <laughs> looking back, Shang Tsung and Raiden, especially, a lot of them is, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty after seeing the 2021 version of it. What? Okay. <laughs> after seeing the new version and hindsight being 2020, seeing what the Highlander Raiden was and the guy who played Shang Tsung, like they were really good compared to the new version. Yeah, I like the I like the cast in the first one a lot. Your soul is mine. In one of the uh, newer Mortal Kombat games, uh, the guy who played Raiden in the first movie uh, actually came back to because they did a special skin for Raiden in one of the newer ones where it was that movie's Raiden, and that guy who played him uh, reprised his role and did the voice acting for it. Oh, that's that's cool. cool. That is cool. I think they did that with a lot of the uh, cast, actually. If they could get them to come back and do like a some voice lines for like a new skin for a character, I think they got as many as they could. And a lot of these actors, at least I hope, a lot of these actors are still active in some capacity in Hollywood. Um, I know Sean Kuhn. I want to say what his name is. I don't have the name in front of me right now. But the man who played Liu Kang, he's still doing cinematography now and like directing action scenes in movies. Oh, uh, Robin Shao. Robin Shao. Robin Shu. And Shang Tsung is doing voice acting now. He actually played Brush O'Gan <laughs> in the Teen Titans movie not that long ago. Which one? The Teen Titans Go? No, the Teen Titans movie where uh, they're in Tokyo. I think it's Trouble in Tokyo. Oh, the re like the the movie. The final. 
the final final story. Yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, that one. Okay. It's great, great movie too. That would be fair. Well, as long as they're being fair. Uh, <laughs> what else do you remember of this movie? I was Jack's in this one. I feel like he's in the second one. So no, we, we is in the second one. We had this talk not that long ago. Joe said Jax is in this movie. You weren't sure, and Jax I want to say, and I want to say the first time you see Gorov just fight this random guy, I thought that was Jax the way they portrayed him. But I don't remember Jax other than that guy. Yeah, Jax is in it. I don't, and not in the first one. I don't think. All right, someone, t- it's time to fact check this. It's time to look up things. Yeah, oh, we're definitely he is in it. That's right. I'm the best. <laughs> what was he doing? In- I know that he didn't come back for the second one. Maybe that's why I. No, he's in I the second th- one. He's, Jax uh... is, but not the actor. Also, it's a different actor, but he got the metal arms in the second one, but he didn't have metal arms in the first. That I don't remember. Maybe that's what happened. Because I, I remember. Uh, I think actually in the sequel, many of the actors did not come back to uh, reprise their roles. I think Lou Kane was like one of maybe two or three people who came back to reprise their role. No one came back, I think. Just Lou Kane did. Oh, if, yeah, it's right. He did. But he like King. He like uh, I remember in the first one, he he had his shirt off like all the time because he nice. was ripped. Uh, but in the second one, he like wore a shirt a bunch because I guess he just stopped working out as hard. <sighs> Sorry, guys, I'm not as buff this time around. At least Although, that's what I heard. Uh, Talisa Soto, the one that played Katana, she did come back too, but that was it. So, oh, well, cool. Yeah, everyone else, <laughs> everyone else looked at this movie and were like, ah, I think I'm good. <laughs> But yeah, Johnny Cage was amazing this movie. That's what I remember the most. He's the only thing worth remembering. And the music. That's what happens to him at the beginning of the second movie. As I kind of said a little uh, right up in the beginning, most people may know the song more than the actual movie itself. Like the Mortal Kombat. Yeah, just like that. I mean, probably. I, I mean, I don't think I would against that i'm sure a lot of people have heard that song like that music playing just in passing maybe not too many people are actively trying to go see this movie which is strange how much did it make in the box office uh, like, 122 million to the 18 it cost to make yeah i'm surprised it, made... it costs so little to make well they had a lot of no-name actors and uh that's true some of the sets are really good though i think the guy who uh I think the guy who directed this film had only done like a commercial before taking on this uh, this movie. So like, I, I a lot of their money must have went into like stunt production, and yeah, production and because yeah. Uh, so I am looking at it right now. This was his second theatrical release. His first one was a movie called Shopping, starring Jude Law the year before. Um. And only made three thousand dollars in the box office. Well, that's more than a commercial, so right. So but, I didn't um, mean to undersell this guy. But you could say there's a lot of similarities between this one and the new one, as far as the casting and the director goes. Like, there is no one in this movie that's 
in both movies that were like major names. Like you could say Raiden, who was the Highlander from the Highlander movie and TV show franchise, was the biggest name in this. But that's about it, maybe. Well, you know what? I think I was thinking of the director of the more recent movie. I think he's only ever done a commercial. Somebody yeah. out there has only done a commercial and then touched a Mortal Kombat film. I don't remember which director or which movie. I mean, you're right. The new, the new director has only done commercials before doing this movie. And this guy did one short uh, movie in you know the whole circuits, the Sundance circuits, indie film circuits, before doing Mortal Kombat. So there's a lot of similarities as far as experience casting, experience directing, experience cinematography. I bet the, there'll be better fight scenes than the than the older one. I did not like uh, what's it, Cole Young? Man, that really bummed me out because like that guy was not really all that interesting, and he lost almost every fight he was in. And then Goro loses to the one person who's been losing every fight in the movie. That really upset me. At least Johnny Cage did some cool stuff before fighting Goro. And even how he won was like a cheap way. Like he could only beat Goro by cheating. So was that cheating? He punched him in the balls. Yeah. Nothing in this world can prepare you for Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Welcome back to the Rio Deal podcast. We just finished up with the Mortal Kombat. The Mortal Kombat. I don't know. I'm gonna, That's Sean. Ex- it's not the Mortal Kombat. It's I've the been excited calling everything the the ants, the hook, the Mortal Kombat. Well, it's called the ants. I don't know why you'd be so excited about it. It is a great movie. The fact if you're listening right now, check out Ants, the movie. It was so funny. But we're talking about Mortal Kombat. And if you're not listening right now, listen to Ants regardless. Exactly. Yeah, and if you're not listening right now, what are you doing? Yeah, let us know in the comments below. Yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> and that was Sean. That's Sean. And I'm Sean. And this is Mortal Kombat, like we were trying to say. And, fellas, I'm going to be honest, this movie got me hyped immediately. I just turned it on and you immediately got that music with a new line cinema logo coming in. It was just like, I didn't expect that. <laughs> it really Definitely is like a good intro. Really strong. Yeah. 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 Great intro. <laughs> but then it goes right to a scene with like, uh, what is his name? Shang song. Yep. Yeah. Killing a child. Yeah. <laughs> and like, a really, really good background. And then nothing. And I like how the kid like went to kick where his head wasn't even at. Guy didn't even move. The kid missed. Kid sucks. Kind of, kind of does suck. Yeah. Uh, it's an obvious. I know it's supposed to be like a dream, so you can kind of forgive it. But I think it's got like the second worst set. That's probably like the worst set because just a big green screen. At least it feels it that way. I think it was supposed to feel that way, though. Like you said, it's a dream, and it's the most obvious green screen shot we have the entire movie, too. Yeah, that's debatable. <laughs> There's one more it, that's pretty bad. I feel like make all it of clear. It green screen, not CGI. Holy crap. 
like CGI in this movie? No. It didn't oh. date well. Some I think of, it was good even back then. Some of it was good back then. And we'll get into some of the CGI a little bit later when we get to those parts. But yeah, this movie starts off with Liu Kang waking up from a terrible dream where Shang Tsung kills his brother and he's in his apartment, I think it is, and it's just green lighting. And I just love the lighting immediately in this shot, in this, in this entire movie. I mentioned in the pre that the director of cinematography also did the uh, directing with The Conjuring and a few other horror films. And you could see like where where his skill set was back then, like how he got better and better. Because he took so many risks with his shots versus playing it safe with standard bus shots, and that's it. It's actually a really very good-looking movie. That's debatable. I, hey, I love the colors. Uh, like, anytime you saw Sub-Zero, they made sure to get a blue, purple lighting in other areas. They're, they're very clever. I... The beginning of this movie, which I'd say the first like 30 minutes is actually just introducing all the characters, which I appreciate, uh, which I do appreciate. They do it quite well. I like that they don't linger on one and they'll jump back and forth. I do like that a lot. I like that it's not just like 20 minutes with one person. And I actually think that the beginning is quite uh, interesting and it kind of draws you in because all of these people are in like real places. It's not like sets. Uh, you have uh, Luke Kang, he's in his apartment, obviously, at the start, because we do jump back to him, but then we jump over to Sonya and her squad. Sonya, uh, oh my gosh, what's her last name? Blade. Sonya Blade. And uh, they're hunting Kano, some underworld bad guy with an eye that's metal, who killed her partner. And they're in this, like, club... And Kano's there with Shang Sun, who apparently this is all planned, and he's going to lead her to the tournament. 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 What do you think of this Kano first impressions versus this the Kano from the most recent film? Do you have a preference between the two? Are they both equally annoying? Before I answer that question, just to make it clear to you listening at home or in your car, um, we might be talking a lot about the 2021 Mortal Kombat. So a little bit of spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. I know the movie's been out for getting close to a year up to this point. If you are, after oh, this comes out. it hasn't been a year. Has it? By the time this oh. comes out, it'll be close to a year. So just to put that out there as a bit of a spoiler warning. Uh, I think this Kano's not that great. And I think that's only because how good the 2021 Kano is. Like from the accent, how his one-liners are, this one just feels very stale I could he's see probably that. the least interesting out of all of these uh characters in this movie but he's still pretty okay he's average yeah, he's not too bad he talks way less than the new kano which i i prefer i liked the new kano but i felt like at some points he just wouldn't shut the fuck up like i was ready for this one to not speak as much thankfully he doesn't I don't have much to say. I haven't seen the new one yet. Um, I just haven't had time. I will after this, probably, just so because we, this was so fresh. Uh, Kano feels weak, and he, he doesn't feel, like, uh, intimidating. He doesn't feel like a threat. He just kind of feels like a guy with a bad accent. Yeah. <laughs> Shang Tsung doesn't like that intimidating either, to be honest. Ooh. 
him as a villain. I think he I think it's very uh compelling. I think he's a good I think he's a good villain. Yeah, he's not really a physical threat like other characters, but he's the way he delivers his lines where he's like saying your brother's soul is mine in the dream or when he's in the club uh talking to Kano he's just so cold and calculating in everything he says it like you are just on every word he's not a threat but he's very like I said calculating he's a mastermind more than a threat if that makes sense but you know who gets introduced in this movie that's really awesome Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage. Honestly, the Johnny Cage in this movie so much better than the 2021 version. Way He's not in back. the 2021, is he? That's the joke. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> I remember that yeah. being the big thing about it is everyone was like, "Where's the cage?" Um, yeah. I think it's a good intro for Johnny Cage. He's a movie star, so they introduce him doing a movie, mm-hmm. and then his master is there, and he's like, "Hey." Listen, everyone thinks you're a joke. Enter this tournament and win. You'll be respected. Uh, just go to Hong Kong and do this boat exactly 4 a.m. Which I appreciate that Steven Spielberg did a quick cameo in this movie, too. Was that Steven Spielberg? I thought it looked like him. It wasn't legitimately, but it was like a Steven Spielberg lookalike. Down yeah. to the hat and the jacket. And the beard, yeah. He was supposed to be in it, but I guess... Uh... I guess they didn't want to do an Animaniacs. Um, I think he might have just been busy or something like that. But like, Joe, you said a great... Let's get into Liu Kang as well. We just talked about how uh, Sonya Blade was going to this club, chasing Kano. Kano gets away. Sonya just barely misses. Johnny Cage on a movie set. And his master says, hey, go to this tournament. Get your credibility back. Liu Kang, he returns to his master in, I want to say it's China. I, I can't, I didn't the write monastery. down. Like, Mo- monk monastery. Yeah. I can't remember like the location. And they're telling him, hey, you need to, uh, you know, be the hero that you're destined to be, essentially. Even Raiden shows up to like really give him that pep talk that he needs to be at this tournament and fight, which. I hate Raiden so much. You hate Raiden? I. <sighs> I don't like, I just feel like it's a bad cast. I think it's the worst cast. I hate his voice. I hate how he looks. They originally offered this posi- this role to Sean Connery. Now, who would oh. you have rather had been Raiden? This Sean Connery. Or Sean Connery. Yeah, I think I'd they're take both Highlander. in Highlander. Danny DeVito. Yeah, they're, they're both, both in Highlander. In... Yeah. Uh, this guy over. And honestly, another comparison in 21. This version of Raiden, though, is so much better because he may not be very Raiden-esque, like what you see from the games or whatever, but his voice, his tenor, uh, even like his facial expressions, like he's so... Everyone in this movie is super... What's the word when he's campy? That's true. It's very cheesy on purpose. With the characters, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I appreciate this Raiden so much for that respect. that he's, He is a memorable character. I think, I don't think this is the worst. There is something about his voice that does bother me, though. It's like a little whispery or something. I don't know what it is. There's something off about it, but otherwise, it's not bad. 
It's like a robotic. It's like a robotic whispery, like almost sounds electronic in some aspects. Let's see, it sounds like he has a cold. I prefer yeah. this Raiden to uh, Annihilation's Raiden. This is the strongest Raiden because I said I always. Is that the same Raiden? No. No, hmm. I think in, in Annihilation only two people reprise their roles. I think that was like Liu Kang and Katana. Liu maybe Katana. Everyone else is recasted. For the most part. I gotta look at this now. Sorry, yeah, I know Robin Shu stuck around. He went on to make the second film, but I've got no clue who else would have been in it. Maybe Shao, um, Shao Kahn. <laughs> I don't think he's in this movie. He's in the last scene. Oh, yeah. Like maybe, yeah. Because Johnny Cage didn't come back. Maybe that's why they killed him off so early in the sequel. But... But also, uh, the guy who uh, told Johnny Cage to go enter that tournament was uh, Shang Tsung in disguise. Yeah, we didn't mention that part. So, like, Shang Tsung, outside of Liu Kang's character, has been kind of picking who he wants to be at this tournament because he forces the hand of Kano to make sure Sonya Blade's there. And he tricks Johnny Cage to go to this tournament as well. So he's, like, trying to make sure he has the easiest path possible to win this tournament. And that's one of the weak things about this movie. They explain it like in a quick couple of lines why this tournament's happening. Uh, Outworld has to win this tournament 10 times in a row so that they have permission to invade Earth, I guess. Yeah, it's not really, it would explain it. It just says you have to win 10 tournaments in a row. I just don't get why he would handpick people who fight at all like sure johnny cage might be a movie star but like he still has like some sort of training and background it's kind of like that same issue that was in the flintstones movie where they where cliff made a test where whoever scored the best was going to be the person that was going to be his representative so you pick the smartest person to be your dumb person and you're going around picking the strongest people to fight against when you should be like picking out toddlers or like people who just got into the fighting scene it's really kind of awkward and doesn't really make too much sense to me it's like if i wanted to go into a tournament that i knew i was going to win i'd get like conor mcgregor or uh muhammad ali just picking out all these people that are gonna probably beat me up but yeah i don't know the plan doesn't make sense to me I mean, these are people that are at least trained fighters and willing to go versus, I don't know if a toddler would say, yeah, I'm down for a fight to the death. Let's do this. You get some homeless person, be like, I bet if you win, you'll get some food. <laughs> like, yeah. sweet. That'd be awesome. And then Goro just rips him in half. It might, maybe that's what happened in the first nine tournaments. They ran out of homeless people to send to Outworld. <laughs> Possible. So, and Joe, you mentioned it, and I wanted to go on this statement. All three of these characters, you immediately are introduced to them and their motivations. Liu Kang and his fear of destiny and wanting to avenge his brother. Uh, Sonya Blade wanting to go after Kano and revenge his partner. And Johnny Cage, his plan of just wanting to regain his dignity, regain his um, respect in the martial arts world after going into Hollywood. And I appreciate the fact that we immediately just are introduced to these individual characters, what their motivations are, and even when they're interacting with each other at the harbor, just like how 
how unique all three of them are from each other. Because they do come to the harbor where they're supposed to go out to Art Outworld. Uh, Sonya sees Kano just in a random shadow or something and just jumps on the boat. Johnny Cage has like 50, bag of, 50 bags of luggage and asks Liu Kang to help him, which he just ends up throwing it in the river or water, whatever. And Liu Kang's just there and completely aware of what he's going to be dealing with as far as fight to the death, Outworld, so on and so forth. Yeah. He's just doing finger guns over here on camera. For those of you listening, I'm doing finger guns. <laughs> In case you didn't know, he was uh, doing guns with his fingers. You couldn't see it, but I was doing it. You could hear it, though. True. Shooter McGavin over here. Shooter. So they're on this boat, and Sonya is just hunting down. Kano pulls a gun out on Johnny Cage just because she accidentally bumps into him. Where's Kano? I don't know where he is, sweetie. And she goes down the lower deck thinking she might be able to find him, but find Shang Tsung threatening them. Johnny Cage Liu Kang shows up right afterwards. I don't need backup because that's pretty much Sonya's main line the entire movie. <laughs> he should be fired. What kind of person bumps into a person on a boat and pulls a gun out on him and goes, oh, where is this person? Like, that's not how you'd, you'd be fired immediately. I mean, unless you're the police. <laughs> she's not a policeman, though. She's an army person. Yeah. She's... And she actually, I'm... like, doesn't even bump into him. She, like, sprints into him. <laughs> this is, uh, Basically, though, Sonya, Liu Kang, and Johnny Cage are all together. They're looking for Kano. They go into the boat underneath, and they find Shang Tsung, who then introduces everyone's favorites in the Mortal Kombat, Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Which, wow, the music, the slow-mo, what an amazing entrance for these two characters. Which is the only good thing about it, because I feel like after this, they're, it's kind of weak. Their fighting's kind of weak. Uh, the characters, like you don't really get anything about them. And it's everyone's favorites because in the video games, like that, they were the best to play. Uh, the most fun to play. Just because of the ice and the scorpion. Get over here. Everyone knows that. But very they, iconic uh, characters. It's very iconic, yeah. Even if you ask someone who doesn't know what Mortal Kombat is, they'll be like, oh, I know who Sub-Zero is. He's from Street Fighter, right? Yeah. Everybody knows, get over here. Get down here. Get down here. I like like the CGI um, little snake thing out of his hand. That was sweet. It actually looks good still. Like, not great, but it looks like it held up a little bit. Like, you see that and you think, yeah, that probably looked pretty good for 95, to be honest. It it was decent. Terminator 2 came out four years before this movie. Oh, that sucks, because that looked a lot better. It did. Jurassic Park came out like four years before this movie. It was like 91, 92. No, I think it's 95. I think it's 93. Jurassic Park? Still. All right. If it's 93, all my opinions are now facts. It came out when we were children. We're still children. 93. That's right. I'm the best. It's known. Uh, Rated intervenes. No one starts a fight. They're like, you can't fight. By fighters before the tournament. That's the rules. Yeah, nothing really happens until they get to the island. It's just like 
Shang Shan does like a, a magic chant. Island appears out of the mist. They go to the island. Bunch of one-liners left and right, like yeah. Sonya Blaze trying to call back to Jax, and uh, what was it? Uh, Johnny Blade says, Johnny Blade, Johnny Cage says, hey, can you call my agent too? I'm not your secretary. Get back in the beach. I hate it here. I'm not your uh, travel agent. Like, that's all these characters are doing, like, this entire time while they're interacting. Just one-liners left and right. Very good dialogue between people. Yeah. The dialogue is very strong. The plot's a little weak, though. Really? I actually really enjoy the island. I think that this is the best beginning. So once they get to the island, I feel like this entire time while they're on the island before they go to like the portal realm or the whatever you want to call it. Outworld. The shadow world. Yeah. Um is really good. It's like this it's the fight. I like that I like that it's just tournaments and fighting. And there's really not too much plot. It's just win. Uh, they're all eating uh, a banquet. Shang, they they explain the tournament. They explain like you're here to win. Uh, and they they do they do something. And he goes, "Your soul is mine." And uh, oh man, sorry, early morning. Sean, continue. <laughs> um. So yeah, they're all there at this little banquet thing. Just. Enjoying their little dinner, and that's when we decide to have a a presentation of sorts, showing Shang Tsung's right or left hand man, depending on which hands he's using, I guess, whatever, with uh some zero and some random guy having a fight where Sub Zero hits him with a frozen blast and it's just over immediately. So suddenly everyone there now realizes A, we could die, and B these people have weird superpowers. What the hell is going on here? What did you think of that uh, reptile statue CGI thing? Looks pretty Love good. Less didn't we it? talk about it, the better. That's, that's probably the best thing in the movie. It's the reason it I looked, come back to it. It looked like something that came straight out of like Toy Story One in terms of animation not something that you would expect to see in toy story one for sure you wouldn't see it i just mean like if you could imagine what woody looked like that's what this cgi reptile looked like that sounds accurate well then uh after that everyone kind of disperses they're supposed to go i think to bed or whatever to get ready for the next day. But obviously our trio here, uh Ron, Hermione, and uh Harry go on to sneak around and they find Goro talking to Kano and then Shang Shun intervenes and then they all kind of leave and Katana kind of helps them get out. Uh but it's like I, we get introduced to Goro. His you get introduced to where he's from, who he is. And I actually think he looks fantastic. It held right? up quite well. It looks like claymation because it is. I don't know. It's actually a robot, isn't it? A puppet. It's a puppet. It's quite good. Like, it's not fantastic, but like it, it holds up really well. I think that like, puppet I know costs we... around a thousand dollars. 
That's it. I know we we threw up a poll uh, forever ago uh, regarding which was the better Goro, 21 or this version, the 95 version. It ended up being a tie. And I'd recommend people who are thinking 21 was better rewatch this because it's actually really better than I thought it was. I thought it was better than the 21 originally. Like the lip syncing, like the lip syncing is probably the worst part about it by far. Yeah, I think I still prefer the CGI one over the puppet. Although I do think that this Goro, this puppet Goro, looks way better than any CGI thing in this movie, like by far. Then we get our first fight in the movie, like real fight. Uh, the trio fights the guards that are like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And it plays the Mortal Kombat theme. And I think this kind of signifies like the start of the movie, like in the sense that like, okay, now we're fighting. And you hear the Mortal Kombat! And they're all fighting the guards and just doing karate kicks and martial arts. Well, some of them that's, are. That's about like 36 minutes into the film. Yeah. It's kind of a long movie. Like, holy crap, yeah. Sonya Blade, you can see immediately, is not a good fighter. At one point, I think the end of the fight is Johnny Cage just whipping one of the guards into Sonya. She just does like the worst clothesline ever where her like arm is way too low. <laughs> In a chopping motion. What if she's really tall? It's still really bad looking. <laughs> she did do all her own stunts, though. Yeah. They couldn't afford any uh, stunt coordinators. All that money went into the, the Goro puppet. It was worth it. It really was. Yeah, probably. Considering so, I think most of this movie is comprised of stuntmen and like doubles. The next, the so, next yeah, they took, like, 45 minutes is all fights. Pretty much. You had the fight with the guards. Raiden shows up and says, I don't think so, to the extra 20 guards who are about to fight. A couple random one-liners, like Johnny Cage saying, you're lucky Raiden showed up. Otherwise, we, we probably would have whooped you all and just walks away. <laughs> Johnny Cage is the best at the one-liners in this movie, but they're all he's, fantastic. He's the best part of this entire film. He he is he's my favorite character. Did they ever say uh, so? Like the tournament starts the following day. Did they ever say like who Liu Kang is fighting against? It's just like some guy, some random guy with dreadlocks, right? Is that supposed to be like Cyrax someday? I don't remember. You know, I don't know. He makes like a tiger growling sound. I don't know if that was like him making that, or if that was like some weird sound effect the movie wanted to go with. I don't know. Anyways, I guess Luke Kane just beats up some random dude with dreadlocks. I, I, I thought it was just some random guy. I wonder if this is it's just called that... Fighting Monk in the credits. So it's just some random guy. But Fighting Monk versus uh, Luke Kang might be the best straight up fight in this entire movie. It's just two martial artists, trained martial artists, facing each other with both staffs around this sandy circle and fighting to submission, essentially, when Shang Tsung decides to steal the soul of Fighting Monk. And there's a few other fights that are fun. Like, you have Sub-Zero versus uh, Liu Kang's not that bad. Scorpion versus Johnny Cage is fun. But if you're a pure martial arts purist, this is the best fight in the movie. 
fight between Kano and uh, Sonya Blade wasn't too, like, it was kind of like fisty cuffs. I wouldn't say it was anything, like, too crazy. Him dying the way that he did was extra stupid, but it was not a CGI fight. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the worst fight that one was. Oh, I'm not saying Dude, it was good, see, but it was just... I thought she was having a stunt double. The way they shot it, because it Every time she took a blow or threw a kick, they showed her back in her ponytail. So I assume they just put in a stunt double every time for that. From what I looked up, it was uh, it was all her doing her own stunts. Mm. Well, she was doing a couple movies right around this, too, wasn't she? The actress? She, she was also in Billy Madison, another big movie for her. She was also in that babysitting movie that was like right after this. So maybe like she couldn't get hurt. I don't know. That was her only fight in this movie, too, was against Kano on the beach, right? Uh, I guess the fighting against the uh, guards, but she only had like one, maybe two scenes in that. For the most part, it was Johnny Cage and Liu Kang carrying that fight. What did you think of the fight after that? We kind of jumped around. Sony well, versus just... Kano, Johnny Cage versus Scorpion. Yeah. I think that's my favorite fight in the movie. It's kind of cool that they get like uh, transported into wherever hell. that is. Yeah, we'll just call it hell. How did he get out of there? I was thinking the same thing. Um, he kills Scorpion. <laughs> that's how badass Johnny Cage is. Just walked around and found a door. It's like, oh, here I am. I like that it's a real fight, too, that he does. Because other than this, he's kind of like a jokester. And the way he beats... Goro is really lame. But is it though? <laughs> is it though? It's I mean it's to point like in the video game sense, it's literally like his character. But in a fighting sense, I think that his fight for Scorpion is way better and more entertaining to watch. I'd agree with you. It's probably a better fight scene against <laughs> Scorpion, but I I'd say Goro's more fun, especially if it just opens up with the splits. <laughs> I like that when he takes uh, Scorpion takes his mask off and he's just a skull. I like how it's like a weird morph transition, but then like the skull's a real skull. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I like that it's in it. I didn't like that when he got cut by the uh, shield. He just started bursting into flames more. I was like, what? Like, and then the mouth just kind of drops. The jaw goes. Ah! <laughs> this just, just seems like a safety hazard to have this guy in a fighting competition. He's going to explode. He just bleeds lava, apparently. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, now we know. No, he did explode. (laughs) But they definitely don't really have any transition. So you had, like, the first two fights with Liu Kang and uh, Fighting Monk on the beach. Same with Kano. Then Johnny Cage is just randomly in a forest and then teleported to hell. And then the fight right after that, we're back in the temple with Sub-Zero versus Liu Kang. Again, no real... No, we had Katana, which was just potentially the worst fight in the movie. I don't know. I agree, actually. I think the Katana fight is very weak. It's like it's between that or the Sonya Blade Kano, but you could at least see how in the Katana Liu Kang fight that it was slow, that they must have rehearsed it numerous times or something just because it wasn't really exciting, you know? 
I could see that. It could be like kind of like fighting fatigue. Like you're kind of like over it at this point. Like maybe you're just looking for like a break from the action instead of like if you get nonstop action for like what Joe said was 40 minutes or so. That could probably be a little boring after a while. I did like a uh, quick note. I did like the the stupid autograph signed picture of Johnny Cage that he left on Scorpion's corpse before he left. Oh, I, nice. I actually thought when Scorpion exploded that he just had it on him and he was a fan the whole time. <laughs> I just always wanted to fight you. I didn't know he dropped it. That's way better. Get over here. Sign this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if, if if it's been on Scorpion's possession this entire time, then that's way better than Johnny Cage. Just leaving it there. <laughs> Scorpion's always been a Johnny Cage fan. I'm a huge fan. Who is the next fight after this? You said it was Shang Tsung, or is it? It was Sub Zero versus Liu Kang. Were they yep. using the video or game was the voice? Katana was versus what's his face? What'd you say? Liu Kang. Were they using the video game voice for Scorpion in this movie? This sounded like it. Um, I have no idea. I honestly, yeah, I was gonna say I'm honestly not too sure. Like it sounds a lot closer than the 21 version, so I was thinking maybe they did. Well, I think that they did voiceovers for Sub-Zero and Scorpion because they had those masks. And it sounded way too clear to be not... Well, they never talked either. Like, outside of Scorpion's get-over-here lines, I don't remember them saying anything. Oh, I don't know. And I can't recall if it was this movie. I'm getting my, like, uh, facts a little mixed up. I can't remember if it was this movie or the newer Mortal Kombat movie where fans were like annoyed with the uh, ethnic backgrounds of Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Like, Sub-Zero was played by a French person and people were getting really upset by it because the continuity of that doesn't make sense to what who Sub-Zero should be. But I don't know if it was this movie or the new one. I assume this one? Maybe that's why I didn't speak too much. Yeah. But I think they just like signed random martial artists and put them in geese pretty much for uh, these characters. That makes sense. Did you know who else was supposed to be in this movie, but ended up turning it down for a different fighting movie? Jean-Claude Van Damme to be in Street Fighter. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in that <laughs> shitty fighting movie. I'm going to be in my own shitty fighting movie. All right, quick question for you, Jesse. Which was the better fighting movie, this or Street Fighter? I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen Street Fighter in all of its entirety in one sitting. I feel like I've catched clips of it here and there. And by the time that I ever expressed interest in like wanting to like see it all, it's already been like, oh, this movie is just really bad. So like, and I just haven't been in a movie to watch a shitty movie in a while, not for without reasons, like for for our podcast, we'll watch shitty movies sometimes because like it's nostalgia, but like. There's no nostalgia for that movie because I've never seen it. I'm going to say this movie. Plus, the theme song for this is really good. What the villain the villain in Street Fighter, I think, is way better. M. Bison? Yeah. yeah. Who was he played by? Gomez from uh, The Adams Family. Yeah. He, uh, really, really strong. I think he's, like, one of the best, like, casted characters. Uh, but Mortal Kombat's the better fighting movie. Just a random trivia about that movie. Because I don't know if we'll ever talk about it. So Gomez, I don't know the actor's name. He's just Gomez from Adam's Family to me. 
he was actually, I think it was going through cancer or some sort of illness when he signed on to do that film. Yeah. And the only reason he chose to sign on to do it was a, to financially support his family. And B, this was the movie his children picked for him to do as well. I also heard that. That's kind of... Yeah, apparently kids are huge fans of the game. Yeah. So that's their fault that he was in that movie. Honestly, it's fine because he was so great in that movie. Like, he is the highlight of Street Fighter. Of course. Not the highlight of Mortal Kombat. Definitely not. Wait. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So, after Sub-Zero fights Liu Kang, I'm just skipping the Katana fight. There's nothing interesting going on other than Katana saying, believe in yourself. I'm a woman. Uh, now, this is probably one where I would say, like, she, probably for sure her, because he's probably super trained to be coordinated and, like, choreograph these fight scenes. But, like, then, real, just real quickly, I want to talk about how, like, how slow that fight scene was filmed everything was super slow motion which probably means she didn't know what the hell she was doing so they had to like super slow it down and it's super boring to watch mm-hmm. so yeah let's skip that and you got the sub-zero fight coming up next raiden's there washing the floor and leaves a bucket of water that's cheating raiden and sub-zero shows up coming down the steps looking like a badass with the smoke around him and honestly, I remember this fight when I was younger being way better than it actually was. I just remember it's... as a kid, this was like one of the most hyped things ever. Like, oh, man, this is I, I was too dumb to know what was good or bad back then. Like, this was just people beating the shit out of each other and in a game that I wasn't really allowed to play too much at home. It was super fun to watch. I think that when I was a kid. I actually don't remember this fight. When I saw it, I remembered why I don't remember this fight. Uh, it's got a weak, the weak CGI. I don't know why Sub Zero does the whole like I'm making a force field for no reason. And then Liu Kang's just like water, and ice, just, and just throws it, and it immediately turns into a spear. And then it's just like it's slowly freezing him in the wall. It's just like man, Sub Zero just. Kind of went out like a chump here. He kind of did, but at least the the fight scene between these two, I I will say, does appear to be like pretty well choreographed for the most part. There's some weird things that they do that look kind of strange, but I'd say at least the fight was well choreographed. It was well choreographed. Most of these fights with Robin Shu were well choreographed. Uh, I know he went on to actually be a cinematographer, not a cinematographer, a choreographer for films, for fighting and other things as well. Um, but like after the Sub-Zero fight, Shang Tsung, he seems a little frustrated, but also a little pleased because now he gets to bring out the big guns. Prince Goro still looks like a million bucks, and he just has this little montage of bodies being thrown left and right. Yeah. And um, another character, uh, go, go ahead, Jesse. Well, I was going to say there's, I don't remember this guy's name or if it was ever mentioned, but it was like some random bald black dude. Art lean. Standing, yeah. Standing up to Goro. And I really like that. Like everyone's around like cheering and like Johnny Cage is like screaming out pointers. Like, yeah, yeah. You keep doing this. Like, mm-hmm. 
he was a character you saw and you saw him for like a short minute on the docks with johnny he he, uh, recognizes johnny and he himself was a trained martial artist or a champion martial artist in the united kingdom if i remember correctly from the movie and he actually has like an interesting story because Raiden has pretty much chosen these three, Sonya, Johnny, and Liu Kang, to be his champions. And Art is probably the fourth guy who just survives this entire point in the tournament up until fighting Goro. And he's not a chosen fighter. Plus, he's like a legitimately good fighter, too, versus like the bunch of schmucks in the montage, too. Yeah. Even in the, um, the banquet dinner before the fight, he's consistently getting the reaction shots of like, whoa, what's going on here? Look at all these guys along with our main three heroes too you know he's he's a good supporting character and i wish he got a little bit more screen time or a little bit more you know character development versus just uh hey here's here he is for a quick second he'll be a body later for you yeah he's dead yeah maybe he got over it it's possible or even like a scene uh, near the end because his soul became shang song's Kind of like how we got to see Liu Kang's brother uh, have that interaction with Liu Kang in the end. But it'd be cool if we had like a little small thing with Art just waving at Johnny before he goes off to heaven or wherever their thing is. In world? Yeah. Not the outer world. It's got to no, be the outer world. is, is uh, where they were fighting. Uh, so, <laughs> Goro. No, no, before the girl fight, we have uh, Johnny Cage talks to Shang Shun. Shang Shun? And Shang Shun. And uh, Close soon enough. And uh, kind of makes a deal that he wants to fight Goro next. And Raiden's like, what did you do? And he's like, we gotta win. And then Raiden's like, finally, they understand. <laughs> One of them gets it because he was talking about how they need to realize this is their fight and that they need to face their own fears. Because he like did a speech right before about uh, you're so independent, you think you're independent, whatever to Sonya. You need to face your destiny to Liu Kang. You know, generic uh, mentor crap or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like the Johnny Cage fight happens, he walks out looking like a million bucks, wearing his sunglasses, man. I was like, oh, hell yeah, here we go. And the first thing he does is punch Goro the balls. Yeah. Uh, which is fucking those sunglasses. Yeah, just takes those glasses and crushes them right in front of him. Right in front of his face. Right in front of him. Uh, the punching the balls is on point to the character. Like, as stupid as I think it is, that's Johnny Cage. So, like, you can't really fault it for that. Splits, too. That's splits and the punch splits the balls. Too. Runs away. And, he, like, he's even, like, shaking his head, like, God, that hurt. Like, I guess Goro's got, like, the toughest balls on the planet or whatever. Imagine being a puppeteer and having to act that out and going, oh. I did a good job, like, animating his face with that. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks that like, uh, the weird like kick off the cliff when uh, it looks really goofy when uh Johnny Cage kicks Goro off the cliff. And you'd think for someone who needed a hand to get up, Goro would have been okay. Yeah, why couldn't all four of his hands just touch different parts of the rock? 
instead of just one arm being like, ah, I can only use one arm at a time. Man, that would I suck. Think, I think a big weakness with this girl puppet was that it was, it wasn't really meant to sell moves, you know. So like when he was fighting Art, you can punch him in the gut twenty times and he just no sells it. So it doesn't look like he's being hurt at all. It makes him look threatening. But because it's so big and bulky, you want somebody who looks tough facing him like Johnny K. Bulky. It doesn't really work out as well. So uh, hence, zoom out, stare at this terrible CGI mountain, get chucked off a cliff. There we go. Get him out of here. Yeah. So as soon as Johnny Cage defeats Goro, you just hear screaming and Shang Tsung captures Sonya Blade somehow and says, I'm challenging her to a fight on my terms and just kidnaps her to Outworld. This is the turning point. At this point on, I think it's very weak. The sets get very weak. The last fight's good, but like, it's just... What? I'll let you finish, then I'll save my comment. I don't like the sets. I don't like that they go to the outworld. I hate how it looks. The CG, like the the CGI, the backgrounds, everything just feels generic. It lost its charm. I like the island. I like the scenery, the fights. Everything felt pretty good. And as soon as they go to outworld, it just feels like well, now we're in a different dimension, and it doesn't feel grounded anymore. It's like anything can happen. It doesn't I'm look really- like anything either. I agree with you that it doesn't feel grounded. Anything can happen. But I think this it, sets look amazing. Like, you see how bad the CGI is in this entire movie. So as soon as they go to Outworld, they built all these things. They built these statues. They built these buildings for him to, like, get plowed through. At one point, he fights a reptile and gets thrown through a brick wall. You see a brick hit Liu Kang in the face, too, when he lands, which I feel bad for uh, Robin Shu at that moment. And... It, it looks fantastic, in my opinion, because it is practical effects. The practical effects in this movie hold up so well. Like you have these, um, uh, I guess you'd say, like, demons or whatever, just, like, towering over everyone. Uh, it looks fantastic, in my opinion. I can see what you're saying. It doesn't look grounded, but I appreciate how much effort they put into making this set, look, making these scenes look great. Teach their own. Even the reptile fight, for some reason, it seems like reptile had the best fight among the uh, ninjas. Okay to be wrong. Like, yeah, I agree. Like Scorpion fought uh, Johnny Cage. Good CGI fight. Sub Zero fight was really weak compared to the uh, reptile and Sub uh, Scorpion, but like reptile had like a good actual martial arts fight against Liu Kang. I just didn't get how what happened. Like he was fighting the CGI lizard, the he punched the CGI lizard on a statue, and then it looked like there was like a the statue was kind of absorbing like a, Yeah, yeah, it looked like there was like cables or veins or something coming Tentors. out of like the chest of the statue, and it just pulled him in. Like the like the CGI lizard did not want that to happen. It looked like it was struggling to get out of that, and then it turned into reptile i agree i don't weird. know i thought it was, i thought it was the other way around i thought the statue was trying to take control of him it's hard to tell because the statue just doesn't move except for the except for the little tentacles or whatever fight happens and then uh reptile gets defeated 
which I thought Johnny Cage was going to have a one-liner or something. Katana's there dropping uh, her mental notes or whatever. She has, like, telepathy or something. Because anytime Katana's watching from a background, she just says something generic of, believe in yourself. You can win. Believe. Part of the cards. Use the life water. I do also like making another reference to the newer Mortal Kombat movie. I do prefer this version of Reptile when he's a ninja over the actual like lizard uh, aesthetic. I don't really care for that. I liked the, all the ninjas looking like ninjas. Some of them kind of, I think, got away from that like visual concept like uh, in the newest Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, I know Joe hasn't seen it yet, but uh, Reptile looks very... If you've played Mortal Kombat 9, uh, that's kind of what he looks like. Like a lizard? Like a lizard, like a lizard man. I'll yeah. Google it. Or like, reptilian. Or like, uh, what's that doctor's name in uh, Spider-Man that turns Doc, into Doc, a lizard? No, that's uh, Dr. No, uh, no. Is it Dr. Lizard Man? No. Dr. Lizard Man. It's just Lizard Man, but I don't remember the character's name, like the doctor's name. Well, whatever. Either way, it kind of reminds me of that. I could see that, yeah. Closer to, like, the uh, cartoon 90s version versus the giant monster one in, um, what is it, the Amazing Spider-Man? Andrew Garfield? I think so. Dr. Curtis. Ah. And he's not called the Lizard Man. He's just called the Lizard. Oh, the Lizard. (laughs) Actually called the lizard, so it's all on you, Sean. You did this. It's the lizard. So, uh, Katana's walking Johnny Cage and Liu Kang to the tower, which I appreciate they even bring in a tower, a staple in the Mortal Kombat game franchise. You okay? I really appreciate that they have the tower. (laughs) It just just made me laugh. It is a staple in the game franchise, you know, the whole tower, test your might, blah, blah, blah. And they sneak in as monks. Shang Tsung has some weird thing going on with Sonya Blade. I, I don't know if he had the monks change her outfit and put makeup on her or what happened here. but It looks like she does not Billy Madison. She looks very 90s. She went from yeah. like a cop badass to damsel in distress in King Kong. Yeah, really, uh, that would never happen nowadays. They, that would happen, but not the whole let's sexualize her immediately. I could imagine the whole kidnapping and say, fight me, that part of the story arc, perhaps. But that's it. Um, which even I appreciate a little bit with uh, showing how spineless of a coward Shang Tsung is. So the only way, and they said this earlier, right before they go to Outworld, is that right in says the only way uh, they can win the tournament is if Sonya Blade agrees to the fight. So, okay, weird loophole. Shang Tsung tra- challenges Sonya. Sonya says, no, my friends will be here. Johnny Cage pops in saying, uh, we're already here. Katana runs him down. The Emperor's going to be able to You can't do a fight like this. And he's like, all right, Johnny Cage, fight me. <laughs> like, he's doing everything he can to avoid fighting Liu Kang. <laughs> Luke Kang's too tough, dude. He cheats a lot. How do you cheat in a death in a fight to the death? He summons dead guys. He turns into his dead brother. Oh, Shang Tsung. Yeah, he cheats. That's what, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought you were saying Luke Kang was cheating. Like I wish he was. 
he does in the end. He does like a uh, Shiryuken. Uh, Hadouken! <laughs> at the end. And that's how he kills him. It's a fireball at him? It looked like it almost. It's just, it was like a spark. Uh, music comes back again, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they fight. They go back and forth. They're fighting. He summons a bunch of dead guys to fight him. Liu Kang beats them all. And then he turns into his dead brother. Uh, and Liu Kang's like, no, my brother chose to die. <laughs> no, he says something like, I cho- my brother chose his destiny. Uh, Shao soon killed him. And he turns back to uh, himself instead. And then he goes, punch, punch, punch. And uh, knocks him off into the pit of spikes. And then he says, flawless victory. <laughs> he actually says that? He does. Yeah. That's kind of cringe. It, well, it's like in the beginning when uh, Xiao, uh, Shang Tsung, uh, the one nameless monk martial artist guy, the very first fight that Liu Kang does, when he sucks it out, he goes, fatality. He's, yeah, he drops a few of the lines in this uh, flawless victory when Sub Zero fights a random guy. Flawless victory is line... at the end. Mm-hmm. No, he's uh, Shang Tsung says flawless victory twice, and then Liu Kang oh, really? says flawless victory the third time. Um, but like, there's a one line in here that's fascinating. Uh, Shang Tsung says in the video games all the time, "Your soul is mine." That's like one of his catchphrases. But that line actually originated from this movie. It didn't come from the video games originally. Well, that's so it's just cool. a line that Ed Boon liked a lot or whatever. Yeah, I didn't like that in the new uh, 2021 or is it 2020 Mortal Kombat? 21. It came out this year. Yeah, I didn't like it when they did that in, the, in that movie either. They would randomly drop like one-liners that are quotable from the games like flawless victory finish him just like what all right again it's a mortal Kombat movie i know what it is you don't have to remind me with these stupid lines i I think it depends on how you do it at the same time they never said finish him did they in the movie oh i don't know but i mean like something generic like that where it's like i know what you're saying i you don't need to yeah they did say finish him in this movie when uh girls fighting art and like he's holding him up by his bottom arms, looks over to Shang Tsung, finish him, ah, and then just punches him in the chest and he dies. That's sweet. Like I, I, I don't remember that, but every time I kept waiting for him to say finish him. The way they've done, like I agree with you, Jesse. The way they did it in twenty one, almost felt ham fisted. The way they did it. But with this one, Shang Tsung is supposed to be like a judge, kind of like how the video game was on the SNES, that character in the background watching the fights. He's the one making the announcements. So he's doing it again here. Like, the lines are always coming from Shang Tsung while he's judging, quote-unquote, or watching the fights, which fits, versus Shang Tsung just randomly popping in, or Liu Kang, or whatever the characters' names are in 21, punch the guy really good, and then says... Fatality. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of like it, it, when it's forced like that, it feels kind of goofy. Kinda really sell this movie, movie to me. You already watched version? it. Oh, the twenty twenty one version. Yeah. I mean, they pro if you didn't have any issues with it in this movie, then you're probably not going to have any issues with it in the new one. They both seem forced and goofy to me, but. If it's if it's something to you where you're you know you're listening to it and you don't care and it's like oh whatever then 
you probably will be like, eh, whatever when you see it in the newer movie. And I disagree and said 95 did it better just because it fit the mode of the Watcher saying the lines versus, I can't remember the character's name, uh, Liu Kang's cousin with the hat dropping the line, which just... Kung Lao. Kung Lao. When Kung Lao does the line to a character, doesn't really fit as well when Shang Tsung does it because Shang Tsung does say it in the games. I mean, like Joe said, everyone's entitled to have wrong opinions. All right, so what happens next? I mean, he kills Shang Tsung. That, that was the movie. Oh, that's... All right, well, they're fighting thanks for on listening. Top the, they're fighting on top of the stairs. Shang Tsung keeps on getting beat up, bleeding his own blood, and he gets uh, kicked off and lands on a bed of spikes. Uh, his brother is, like, revived somehow, and he says goodbye, goes to heaven to uh, Liu Kang. And then it ends literally at, like, a party at the monk's place with uh, the three main characters. Yeah, just kids kind of just randomly running. Flags weird. or ribbons or something. And I then uh, then you see the main Mortal Kombat villain in the sky. The Emperor Shao Kahn, yeah. And you don't really get to see him. I, I remember you at the beginning of this, you mentioned that he is in it at the end, but I couldn't tell you for certain that that's the same dude that ends up playing him in the in Annihilation. I don't know. And it didn't even have his voice. So I mm. couldn't tell. And that was a really a quick rundown of Mortal Kombat. A lot of it is visual because most of it is fight scenes, which I appreciate because it's supposed to be a martial arts movie, you know, a very campy, fun martial arts movie. Yeah. So, Jesse, I want to throw it up to you. You and I have both seen the 21 version, and now we've rewatched 95. Which movie do you think is better, 95 or 21? Like, better as in... Like, which one more do I enjoyable. like more? Okay. Uh, I'd probably this one. I It's got a lot of nostalgia to it. Uh, I grew up watching it. I loved Mortal Kombat as a kid. I still like it now. Probably not as much as I did when I was a kid. But I think overall, this movie is just more enjoyable. Uh, it isn't a good movie by any means, but you can have fun watching it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I think that's kind of like the, the charm of it. It's like it's a 90s movie. And, you know, what the limitations back then and what you could do with the movie compared to like nowadays is so much more limited back then. So, like, you kind of have an understanding, like, you, there's an excuse to why, like, it looks the way that it does or like the lines were written the, the way that they were. And in the newer movie, it's like it's kind of no excuse. Like, I don't they think actually people had are going to budget in that one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think people are 20 years from now, because this is, what, 95? So what, that's 25 years later, just about 26 years later? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think in 26 years people are going to look at the 21 version and be like, man, that was just so classic. I'm guessing in 26 years they're going to be like, oh man, 52 years ago they had that really cool Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> How about you, Sean? What did you think? Comparing these two films, 95 versus 21, I think 95 has a lot more charm. Um, the set design is better than 21. The characters are more enjoyable outside of Kano. I think the 21 Kano's better. Um, and you can probably say the same thing about the ninjas too, because they have more character in the new one versus in this one. But 
it's just it's a funner ride watching this one most of the fights aren't better like i'd say maybe the fighting monk one is probably better than a good portion of 21 fights but for the most part i'd say the 21 fights are better though um but i i'd say the 95 is more enjoyable based on characters and sets um joe i know you've never seen 21 uh do you plan on seeing 21 after seeing this and after hearing us talk about it a little more i'll still see it right like uh it's one of those things that i'll eventually just see you guys make it so compelling to go watch it but um it's a lot gorier than this movie which we didn't really mention mortal kombat's famous for gore this movie has none. yeah it actually does it does it it has volcano blood uh scorpion does explode yeah um even when even when uh shang shun falls on the spikes there's no blood it just falls on him they ran out of budget for blood maybe they couldn't maybe they were trying to keep it under a certain rating keep it pg-13 i mean to be honest like there was such a big controversy with the video games because of the blood it probably was like ah we shouldn't push our luck yeah, because uh, it was quite controversial back then, Mortal Kombat in general. Mm-hmm. I will say that I enjoy the 95 for what it is. It's a good nostalgic movie. Uh, Mortal Kombat is a game from our childhood. And when I was a kid and I saw this, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was cheesy or campy. Some of the things were weak, but I loved it when I was a kid. And you can see why, because it's just a fighting movie. Uh, once they start fighting, it pretty much is non-stop almost to the end. It doesn't start to like 40 minutes in, but then the last hour is pretty much just tournaments. And that's pretty much what Mortal Kombat is. Uh, is it a great movie? Like Jesse said, no. But uh, it's a fun watch. Mm-hmm. I probably won't see it again for another 15, 20 years, but it's still a fun watch. I'd probably see it again. In the next 15, 20 years. It's it's a movie I'd sit down and watch again in the future. I, I laughed quite a few times from these one-liners. These fights were fun. Donny Cage is just so good in this movie. Right. That's what the 2021 one is severely lacking. There is no Johnny Cage. There's references, but there's you're just missing the best part of the entire franchise. It's missing comedy. And that's what this movie does. It does such a great mix of hijinks, comedy, camp, and then like fun fights. And that one just took itself almost too seriously. And and you got to realize this is a movie featuring ninjas that shoot fire from their skulls or shoot ice from their fingertails, finger, fingernails, fingertails, <laughs> the tails on their fingers. Do you guys have like a favorite line or scene or anything like that in this film? Uh, I did. Let's see if I can find it. I wrote it down in my notes here. Uh, yes. Okay. So the scene that I thought was the best, and by best, I okay, loosely best. The scene that I thought was the best line, in the most awkward, was when uh, Raiden was giving that pep talk to the three guys, and he he says, "The fate of the world depends on you." <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, because he immediately just says, sorry about that, right after. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, that's really, really bad. <laughs> really stupid. It was, but it, I think that's the best line. What about you, Jesse? I think my favorite scene was probably like the Goro fight with Johnny Cage. You got some Johnny Cage in there. You got some Goro in there. You got some stupid one-liners. You got some nut punches. Probably my favorite scene. Yeah, with me, probably my favorite scene would be uh, the one where where they're on the boat meeting for the first time. You know, just kind of get to know each other. They just saw Shang Tsung, Johnny Cage, and Sonya. It's like, what the hell was that? We got people shooting ice from their hands and snakes in their hands. There's a logical explanation. Oh, it's simple. Shang Tsung is a great uh, magician from another realm, and Raiden is the god of thunder. (laughs) Oh, of course. I never never understood in these uh, in this in this story. Like it seemed like uh, Shao Kahn played a lot of more direct influences in his role as the bad guy, whereas Raiden always felt like he was limited on how much he could do. He's like, I can only do so much. The other guys get mad, but then Shao Kahn's doing way more stuff to help his side than Raiden does. I mean, Raiden's not a god, though. I mean. Shang Tsung isn't a god, though. He's a sorcerer. No, Shao Kahn. Oh, Shao Kahn. He's not even a god either, is he? He's just an emperor, right? Pretty sure him and Raiden are brothers. Are they? Oh, I don't know. That's good backstory if they are. I think so. Let's see. It might not have been known that time. First thing is, are Raiden a... And autofill was, are Raiden and Shao Kahn brothers? Are Are Raiden and Shao Kahn lovers? It says, in addition, Khan and Raiden were portrayed as brothers with Shinnok as their father. Though neither of them shared any relation in the games, with the exception of Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, in which Raiden's biography states that the two are brothers, although the game itself is non-canon. So, so the only maybe... Time the only time they're brothers is in a game that's not canon, and it's never mentioned in that game. I think so. I can't say for certain. I only did one quick Google research, but hmm. maybe sometimes they are brothers. But either way, I think they are both considered the same like rank in terms of their celestial existence, gods or otherwise. That's one thing you can say that's better about 95, too. Um, there's an actual tournament in this movie. <laughs> there is no tournament in the other movie. That is correct. Yeah. That's and the biggest disappointment to me is everyone told me that. And I was like, what? What the hell are they doing then? <laughs> How is it Mortal Kombat? It's just combat. Yeah. I mean, they are mortal, the ones that are fighting. It'd be boring if it was immortal combat, just people that never die fighting each other. I mean, that'd be That's... fun too, I guess, for a little bit. Just be watching um Superman versus another Superman until they just get tired and go get a sandwich. So anyways, did you guys recommend this movie? (laughs) You know what? Yeah, let's get into some final thoughts about this one. The film is fun. 
and it goes by quick. It's about an hour and 45 minutes long, and it didn't feel like it was an hour 45. It went really quick, speaking personally. I think the action is fun, the characters are great, and the dialogue they have with each other are great. And you have a feel immediately what their goals are, what their aspirations are. Set design's fantastic. Practical effects are great, whether it's the statues, whether it was the skull and scorpion. Goro it holds up so well. And my God, the music and the camera work. You get hyped when the music comes on for every single fight. And it's not always a Mortal Kombat theme, but when they have some other songs going as well, hype as well. Camera work, when... Liu Kang is hunting down Katana into some like blue cave or uh, anytime they're in hell. Like it's fantastic shot. Even just a random tracking shot of when Liu Kang says Shang Tsung and then you just follow him run up the stairs to face him. Why did they do that versus just having him cut the jump up there? I don't know, but I kind of appreciate it. Like they took a lot of risks on their camera work in this one. It, really shows, and I'm glad this guy went on to do such great films after this. The story is still weak. It's very generic plot stuff, and the CGI is just absolutely dreadful. Um, with that said, though, I still think it's fun as hell and would recommend anyone to watch this movie. It's worth another shot to check out. How about you, Joe? What are your final thoughts on all of this? I feel like we're all going to have the same opinion. I think that the plot is weak. I think the action, for the most part, holds up. There are some fight scenes that are very campy, but there are a lot of good ones. All the ones Liu Kang, right? If you're a real martial artist, the general consensus is it's going to be a good fight scene. Um, that being said, also the sets. I like the sets a lot. I think that the island, everything up to they go to the outer world looks great. Uh, I like it. I like that it's real sets. I like that it's kind of mystical, like a fantasy. But it's not a great movie. But you have to accept it for what it is. It's a very cheesy fighting movie based off a video game about a tournament. So is it is it worth recommending? Yes, I think so. I think it's fun. I do enjoy watching it. It does put a smile on my face at times. Uh, I think this would be a really cool movie to watch with friends. So I'd watch it with a group of people or not just by yourself. I do recommend it. If you've seen it before, watch it again. I think that a lot of it holds up. Some of it doesn't. Uh, but if you've seen the new one, I think you should... Ex sounds like it from you guys, especially watch the old one. What about you, Jesse? Uh, great movie. Fun to watch. Nostalgic as fuck. Uh, couldn't recommend it enough. If you like fighting movies anyways. If, you've, if you're not a fighting Mortal Kombat fan and you have no interest in watching like people kick each other around with bad CGI, then yeah, don't don't see this movie. But if you like... Mortal Kombat, you like video games. If you've seen the new one, you for sure should see the old one. Just a fun fun trip. Not a good movie. Bad movie. Terrible movie. So bad that most of the actors did not want to come back and do the sequel. That's how bad this movie was. 
and the only people who stayed needed the money. So I think uh, overall, good move. Top 10 of all time. Easily top 10, yeah. Top 10 Mortal Kombat movies of all time. Thanks for watching The Real Deal Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Sean. And I'm Jesse. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at therealdeal underscore 185. And feel free to send us any comments or suggestions at therealdeal185 at gmail.com. Thank you.